This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with another incredible Monday episode for you. If you are an OG here, you know that we will be usually covering the week that the Caps had, plus some league news on Monday. Uh, I love you, meet it if you are an OG. If you're new here, this is usually what happens, and on Thursdays, I usually bring in a guest. So this Thursday, we have Stack Guy Blake doing a quarter season review. I can't, I know that you guys are all just foaming at the lips trying to get out that one. So, you know, um, enjoy that. You're welcome that we're doing this, and um, let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. All right. So a little bit of league news. Don't have much. I mean, this is mostly just stuff that I thought was interesting. So, you know, I don't know. If you want to hear more uh, different things, uh, let me know. Tweet me at Caps Chirp and we'll get it going. But something very interesting. Rope Hints uh, extended by the Dallas uh, Stars who are on an absolute fucking heater doing really well in their division. I'm not sure if they're real or not, but as of the quarter season, they are doing incredibly well. Um, They're being led by that Jason Robinson guy who's just an absolute fucking killer. Uh, Hopefully, he has a really long career. I love to see him um, killing it. I think he's an exciting player. I think he's super skilled. Um, You know, just absolute wagon. Uh, And him and the whole team. So, Rope hints, though. A guy who's been there a bit longer um, gets paid the max term eight point five four eight. Uh, way to secure the bag. I mean, good for him. Those type of long term contracts, you know, I think that the the league has seen um, as far as you know how to, how to manage the cap. That for guys that you are one hundred percent confident in right now, you might as well get them <clears throat> long term. And have them sign low in the COVID or and post-COVID era. Because this guy, if if COVID never happened, this might we might be looking at like a 10, 11 million a year contract because of how successful the, the league has been in the past and how they're how successful they're going to be moving forward. Plus the new TV deal. I mean, you would think that if COVID didn't happen, the cap would be up towards 90 million at this point, or at least, you know, approaching it. Um it's not the case now. So a lot of people are just trying to get that cap certainty in this low economy, if you will. And that is, you know, the fucking greedy ass owners are loving that shit. So they are, uh, they're happy to sign these eight by eights and, and eight by sevens and eight by sixes. That's cap certainty for a long time. And honestly, like, let's say it doesn't work out with Rope hence five, four, three years down the road. That is an attractive contract for a guy who's, you know, even middling at this point, you know, if he can fit into a top six slot, that's not a terrible contract to undertake as the cap does go up. So good for the Dallas Stars, good for Rope Hints. Glad that he's getting paid. What a life change there, man. <laughs> can you imagine that? Just, you know, $60 million. You're a $60 millionaire at this point overnight. Um, because keep in mind, NHL contracts are guaranteed as long as he, you know, doesn't go to jail or absolutely breach contract in some way, shape, or form, comes in every day and does his job, uh, he's going to be making more than any of us will ever see in our entire lives. So, you know, let's put that in perspective. 
some kind of negative news, weird shit out of known shit knuckle Jack Edwards, the Bruins announcer, digging into big, big rig Pat Maroon, poking fun at his size. Um, You know, Maroon, he was like, you know, Maroon's a a big 238, ha, ha, you know, fasting for Pat Maroon's like four hours and just like goes on this weird diatribe. How has this fucking guy got a job? To be completely honest, I don't know. Jack Edwards is like a total shitbird. Always has been, always will be. Um, So I'm not surprised by this latest uh, outburst by this guy, but uh, (laughs) I I just, sometimes I look at these things and I'm like, how do do these announcers have jobs? It's just fucking god-awful. Uh, Maroon, though, in an ultimate troll move, responded by donating $2,000 to Tampa Bay Thrives, which is uh, a charity for people who struggle with mental health and substance use issues, uh, in Jack Edwards' name. (laughs) I fucking love that. Uh, He also urged others to donate in a tweet, you know, amazing troll move by Pat. Uh, Last season, we covered that Pat Maroon, you know, did beat the shit out of somebody on the ice for what looked like via our lip-reading skills, them calling him... Uh, fat Pat. So, you know, a little sensitive, a little touchy on that subject. Uh, but at the end of the day, Jack Edwards is a fucking joke. And I, you know, I don't know how. Again, you know, it's just one of those things. How do some people get some jobs, right? Um, okay, so, and then some, some worse stuff. Um, Letang, on the injury front, Chris Letang for the Pittsburgh Penguins out indefinitely after suffering another stroke, second diagnosed stroke of his career. The guy's like 33, I believe. He's in his early 30s, second stroke. The first time he he was uh, he had this stroke, and they found that there was a tiny hole in his heart um, that has since been. Uh, I don't know if they like had surgery, but like you know, it was obviously got cleared to play. You know, uh, definitely wishing him the best. Uh, he's the Penguins' best defenseman. I don't think that anybody could argue that. Uh, the Penguins, though, seem to have not missed a beat in his absence. So, you know, uh, shitty for the Washington Capitals for sure. Uh, you know how much I hate the Penguins, but uh, it's tough to see this uh, this type of talent get sidelined for something that didn't happen on the ice. Um Weirdly enough, he was like conscious for most of it. He just started to feel weird. He knew his body and called, the, like went into the doc and the doc was like, dude, you had a fucking stroke. So as if, if, if you know anything about strokes, obviously those can kill you um, for one. And at a lesser degree, they can paralyze you. They can really um, affect your standard of living. So, you know, um, Penguin statement is like, you know, Latang is a son and a father first. Uh, we're 100% worried about him as a person, uh, which is good, uh, and that they're not going to be rushing anything, and they, they really want um, him to be fully healthy to get into this. Obviously, being a professional athlete, uh, much less, you know, I mean, obviously even an NHL player is is uh, even more strenuous in an 82-game season plus playoffs, um, everything they do in the offseason, so... He's definitely going to need his ticker to be not leaking blood or having a weird hole in it if that's opened up again and, you know, need to have all of your faculties when it comes down to it. So uh, just freak thing. Um, and I hope that uh, I hope that he he does well. I, I wish him the best. So um, we have a lot to talk about for the Washington Capitals in this uh, past week. But first, I do have to pay the bills. Hockey fans, 
Light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money loan on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Caps fans. Let's talk about the Washington Capitals. A little cathartic practice here uh, in the Washington wraparound. All right, so just some a quick. Let's start off. Let's start off at a high note. All right, Ivan uh, Mirish 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 uh, God damn, I'm gonna have to. I looked it up literally before this game and and heard the pronunciation and still fucked it up. Uh, lighting it up though in the lower leagues in the KHL finally made his KHL debut. He scored like 14 points in 10 games. It's incredible for that European league uh, in general and, and great for the KHL. They obviously thought he was worth a nod bringing up to the big show. So he is playing in the KHL now, made his KHL debut. I don't think he did anything um, uh, in that game. He got some low minutes, which is very typical for this that league. I mean, I don't know. That should be typical for most leagues. The new guy gets the lowest amount of minutes. He has to earn them. Um, that's how hockey works, guys. So just so you know, looking at you, Connor McMichael, fucking um, supporters out there. And you have to earn the minutes. So good for him. I really hope that he starts lighting it up and gets a little bit more time and gets to practice with the big team and and has an absolute killer of a season this year in the KHL. Um, that's definitely going to be a positive note in bringing him over to the U.S. to get him into the system. So, good stuff. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to preface this by saying uh, we're about a quarter of the way through the season, a little bit more. The Washington Capitals have a lot of work to do. They're under 500 by a couple games. They're two games, two wins out of knocking on the door to a wild card spot. So, right now, it doesn't look great. But. Let's temper that bad news by saying it's an 82-game fucking season. There's only 26 games played thus far, all right? So just, you know, calm down a little bit. The Washington Capitals are continue to continue the road trip this week, this past week. On the 29th, they were in Vancouver, a 10 p.m. game that they ended up winning 5-1, to one, an absolute blowout. Um, the first was a, just a, a gong show. The Caps score the first two goals off of Ovi's stick, bring him to 793 and 400 goals away, AK, or 400 away goals, 403 away goals, I'm sorry, away in away games. So that's the most NHL history. Sorry, Wayne. That's uh, another one bites the dust, if you will. Um, and then. Hoglander capitalizes on a failed breakout. Now, this is just a tough play. Uh, went down and just across the crease, put it in. Good play by him. Um, 
And but no one cares because Mantha finally gets a little bit off the Schneid almost immediately after that goal. Alone in front off an excellent play by a linchpin to the Stanley Cup, Lars Eller, whose physical play earned him the puck and he chipped to Mojo, who quickly dished to Mantha, who was wide open in front, and finally, just finally buried one. You know, it's just one goal, but it's great to see Mantha kind of getting in there and, and just get an easy one. You need that easy one. Get the monkey off the back. Let's keep it going. Um, unfortunately, this week he did not continue that trend. He was uh, kind of buried in the lineup a couple for a game and then, you know, started to fight some or claw back with some minutes. But hopefully next week he can start bringing it back together. I, I said last week that this is a guy who we needed to really step up and start producing a little bit more. It would really add a lot of depth and, you know, a one-two punch to the Washington Capitals forward core. Um in the second period uh, of this Vancouver game, the Caps are getting kicked around. Is Vancouver really owned this period and even had a, a, a power play on probably the weakest call ever on Connor Sheary. Ultimately, it was all for naught, though, as John Carlson buries a nice feed from Dowd in front. I I don't even know how this went top corns, but uh, you know when JC bobbled it and swiped at it twice before getting the shot off, uh, I'm not arguing. He's literally on fire since his return, just scoring multiple goals, doing a really good job. Um, say what you will about the other side of his game on the defensive side. He's uh, he's absolutely on the offensive side on fire. So, you know, lay off him a little bit. In the third, the Caps really did buckle down, though, playing smart and letting the Canucks take pot shots from outside as, as Kemper stood tall on that. With almost seven minutes left, Bruce Boudreaux <laughs> pulled the goalie. Seven minutes left in the game. Uh down by several goals, Boudreaux pulls the goalie, which was a bold move that I, I, I loved it. You know, I mean, might as well. Um, Ovi almost completed the Hattie, but instead Faviari buried an uh, empty netter from his own face off dot. I thought that this, and, and that was all she wrote. 5-5-1, five, five, good win. Bruce's team struggling. The Vancouver Canucks are a little bit in turmoil, you know, and that's just how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. The breakout, though, this game was incredibly clean. I thought everybody was pulling on the rope. A solid game plan and execution by everyone. Uh, and that's uh, double-digit wins at this point. Got win number 10 and snapped the road L streak. Additionally, the Caps scored more than three goals game in this game. Um, they keep harping on it on the broadcast if you're watching the Capitals feed. Three-plus goals, the Caps are like 9-1. The if they score less than three goals, that drops dramatically. I think they've only won one game uh, with less than three goals scored. The NHL is entering a new scoring age for sure. Goals are up big time in the past few years, and it doesn't seem to be going away. So while goaltending, the position's so good now and constantly getting better, the um, the scoring is just even better than that. So the Washington Capitals really need to um, just bury more. That's you know it's it's three goals should be their their total, their goal at every game, and five would be amazing. So that seems to be the the magic number for the Washington Capitals, and we'll see this later on in this in this episode as we go into Seattle. Uh, it was a 12-1 first day in December. 
I don't know about you guys, but I hate the fucking holidays, so they're just around the corner. Seattle, uh, it was a 10 p.m., another West Coast game. T.J. Oshie making his return to his hometown in Washington or into his home state. Uh, the Caps end up losing this 3-2 to two in overtime. Again, there you go. Um, the it's it's a two goals we only scored and and honestly three would have gotten us the win. Um, you look at the Kraken though coming into this just had a seventeen total goals scored game. They ended up winning in overtime nine to eight the night before. So you know, God, I thought I thought five one was a gong show. This is absolutely madness and a nine to eight win in overtime. Capped off by ex-cap Andre Burakovsky. They come into this game, you know, probably feeling pretty good, but obviously a little loose defensively. Uh, in the first period, the Caps had an excellent start to the game, and it went back and forth. The Caps keeping a lot to the outside. I mean, this is a trend. The defensive core <clears throat> and the forwards, uh, you know, the whole team defense is really mitigating a lot of shots to the outside. About eight minutes in, the Caps gained some zone time, and Faviari blasted one low and away past ex-Cap uh, Grubauer. I think, you know, it's great to see Martin Faviari's first goal being that empty netter, but man, was this a fucking snipe. Love to see it. Glad to see that uh, he's contributing a little bit into the offensive side of the game, which he, you know, hasn't had much of this season. Um it was definitely a broken play, a little bit lucky. Ovi tried the one-timer in front, but was tied up. And the puck just perfectly deflected right to Martin, who had all nine day to line up and tee it up, and then blast it home. The Caps then gave up a breakaway to Eberly, who couldn't bury. And the Kraken started to fight back until Oshi leveled just wild man Brandon Tanev, and then fought, wait for it, <laughs> Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord, who he's fought in the past, um... And it was actually a really good tilt. Uh, some some good blows landed and thrown, and just a overall decent uh, decent Tilly. Just two weird combatants, guys who don't typically fight. But T.J. Oshi was absolutely on fire. He had a lot of friends and family in attendance in his hometown. Was um, just on one this night. He had a great dangle early on, uh, and was just throwing the body as he typically does just to lift a little bit more emphasis. And he, had, he wanted to make sure he showed up on that scorecard and, and he did for sure. He did make that a reality. The Caps get a power play later in this period. And, and let me tell you what the boys were buzzing. Just a great keep by Strom to John Carlson, then to Ovi to Mojo. And then finally to Shiri. Uh, because TJ was still serving his fighting major in in the uh, and into the net, Ov or I mean Shiri was playing that bumper position. So you know, I know that a lot of people were upset about that, but I mean, who else are you gonna put out there? I guess you could put Mantha out there. I don't know, whatever. Cry about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, this is just an incredible power play sequence. Everyone touched it. Everyone on the Caps touched it. On the play, and there's just some beautiful passing uh, and a great finish from Shiri, who may be this season's unsung hero uh, up to this point. He's been versatile. He's been burying. I mean, he's been doing really good. I, I don't see there. I, sure, you can criticize. Maybe there should be somebody else who's getting those minutes. But when a guy is putting the puck in the back of the net and contributing in the way that he is, 
why 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 fix it if it's not broken uh and there's on the offensive side of the puck there's really not a lot going for the Washington Capitals right now I don't think that you should take one of the shining spots of the offense and just bury it somewhere but hey you know I could be wrong just kidding. I'm never wrong. The Caps were a bit lucky, though, this period, getting really good goaltending from Kemper that shut down a breakaway uh, and help and a little bit of help from the post as well. Um, but to the Caps' credit, they absorbed a lot of offense from the Kraken, especially after we scored each time, letting the, the Krakens take shots, but from the outside, you know, the Kraken trying to push back. Every time we scored, it seemed like that was just fuel to the fire for Seattle. A lot of routine saves for Kemper. Uh, and they blocked a lot of shots and took care of the puck when they had it. Just a really great and fun period to watch. You had a fight. You had some goals scored. I mean, it was an uh, exciting first period. End of the second, uh, we open up the <laughs> open up the um, the period with a tripping penalty on Kemper. Uh, again, just one of those weird games. OTJ Oshie fought. The goalie tripped somebody, got a call, uh, but the Caps end up killing it well. Um, a lot of bend don't break from the Washington Capitals up to this point until Kuzi took a penalty for hooking that the Kraken immediately buried on via Schwartz, via Schwartzberry off a missed shot from Dunn from the point, cleaning up the garbage there. Immediately blew the top off the arena. The home crowd got back in it at that point. They don't think they ever really in it to begin with. So this energized the crowd and the Caps really started to rely on Darcy Kemper to keep them in this game. A lot of luck as a wild two-on-one saw um, uh, Maddie Beneers ring post on a down-and-out uh, Kemper and then a Kraken whiff on the rebound on a bouncing puck. I mean, this is a weird play. It looked like Kemper maybe caught an edge and, and just bailed out and tried to make the save, but it was uh, it, he was he was completely out of the play. Uh, so very weird. The Caps... Weren't laying down those. Kuzi got a nice look on a two-on-one, but was robbed by, by Grubauer. Uh, you know, looks like all of the ex-goalies the Washington Capitals have had are just 100% willing to shove it right back up uh, the Washington Capitals hoop and Vanacek of the most recent Grubauer here. Uh, Seattle showed that they weren't folding. The Caps needed to keep the foot on the gas this period and stay out of the box, and they didn't. They were lucky to only get dinged for one. Um, into the third... It started with another Caps power play. Again, went nowhere. The Capitals special teams have, the penalty kill especially has been pretty good. The power play is starting to find um, some traction, but man, it would be great to just see them pot some more goals on the power play. I know that, you know, of course we had that one from Sheer, which is beautiful. Love to see more of that. Um, you're not going to score on every one of them, but uh, I guess, knock on wood, at least we're not giving up breakaways. Uh, no, watch. Next week they're going to give up three. Seattle came out swinging. Uh, Caps were able to, uh, were, were apt to counter, except this wasn't on a cold Grubauer where we saw in the beginning of the of the game. He has he really found his game as the as the uh, as the game went on. And the Caps were doing a great job blocking shots, including a total sell up by Hathaway in the high slot. Seattle is continually trying to penetrate the middle, but having very little luck. And it was a really nerve-wracking period to this point. You know, the Caps were playing with a lead, um, but another power play went scoreless. So it was really just kind of down to killing the clock. Uh, 
they were able to fire back a little bit, springing Protus on a bad line change with a Kraken, but he was unable to score. Um, you know, I don't know what was up with the ice there at Climate Pledge Arena, but guys are falling down all over the place. The puck was kind of a little inconsistent in the late stages of the game, and it resulted in a failure to clear where ex-cap Daniel Sprong put a backhand on net that Yanni Gord was able to bury kind of like off to the side on the rebound, and that was a tie game. The refs also swallowed their whistles in this frame, just not calling anything. Um, the last half of the third, just you know, figure it out, basically. In OT, it was just a total clusterfuck of an opening faceoff where Lars Eller tried to dish to uh, John Carlson from his knees into the pads, into his shin pads. This is the most precarious place to be getting a bouncing puck as two Seattle Kraken charged him. And, you know, Maddie Meneers just takes the puck, skates it down, and blows it right past Kemper. So, super disappointing loser point there. I mean, I'm glad we got the loser point, but at the same time, that was a game that we should have won. That was a two-goal lead, blown, and three unanswered goals to end it. Two goals in the first, and then it was all cracking from there on the scoreboard. I think that the Caps are doing well, piling into the middle of our zone. When the when possession and then doing a good job of like when possession was earned, bursting out for a clean breakout. Unfortunately, that takes a lot of energy to to pull this strategy off, right? You're you know all within that home plate area in, in the high slot, all the way to the crease, inside the faceoff dots, and then when you retain when you when you earn possession, you have to go and get into your breakout position at a sprint, <clears throat> and while that's Ideally, how we'd like to be playing, you know, you get to block shots there. You're never totally out of position when you do that. You're not chasing the puck a lot. It is a, you know, that stop and go is tough to pull off. And in the first we did it, but I think that like fatigue set in towards the later stages of the game and we were unable to continue that, that play. Um, I think there was just that, that tiredness and, and possibly just like, the Seattle Kraken, you know, doing a good job fighting back, uh, contributed to a bit of sloppiness, less tape to tape passes, less, uh, you know, clearing the puck on the first try, uh, uh, with our breakout, you know, really the caps were unable to wrestle back momentum and, and control of the game in the late stages and get that insurance goal. We had our opportunities. We're just not finishing. Um, it was an important two points that we, we really would have liked here. But instead, we walk away with one, so not a total loss. But, you know, again, that's a three-goal, three-goal, uh, three-unanswered goal blown lead of, of a 2-0 deficit for the Kraken. So good on them. Uh, they're playing some really good hockey right now. But at the same time, brutal for the Washington Capitals. Laviolette was not pleased in his post-game presser in regards to the whole game. He thought that the Caps did just bad all over. I thought they had a pretty good first period. You know, we got lucky, got a couple goals out of it, and we're playing with the Kraken um, the and controlling large, large parts of the first period. But then after that, he's right. We kind of shit the bed. Moving on to Saturday, uh, the third at Calgary. 
Oh, man. And this was just an ass-kicking, a 5-2 to two loss in regulation. Ovi's 13th game, their 1,300th game, uh, was just an L all over. You know, the first period felt like the Flames had the, the most chances and then the better of the chances, even though it, possession time was pretty similar. Um, <laughs> in the middle of this period, Nick Jensen got absolutely bodied. Uh, I believe by Zadorov. I mean, that was a good hit. That was a really good hit. Nick Jensen popped right back up, but, you know, very Orlov-esque in the type of body that he was thrown. And, you know, Nick Jensen went across the middle with his kind of head down and wasn't moving his feet as much as he probably could. He, he was really trying to dangle a little bit and just got caught. That's hockey. Um, good hit. Blake Coleman did start off scoring on a failure to clear as there was a bouncing puck, the Caps feet ended up in the flame uh, with the Flames, who found Coleman alone in the front. Luckily, less though than two minutes later, though Connor Sherry continues to be the Caps' unsung hero and definitely a guy who's been here doing awesome for us this season. Barry's one uh, on Vladar, Darth Vladar, as Joe Beninati has coined. Uh, this is a guy who's just been the kryptonite to the Washington Capitals with Boston and now with Calgary. In the second, Calgary did not stop their momentum. They came out f- throwing punches left and right uh, and hit the Caps right in the mouth, scoring immediately uh, as the second period started. Then Lucic threw a hit on Faviari, which sent him immediately down the tunnel, favoring his left arm. It looked like a, a shoulder dislocation at best. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but he's out, uh, and I haven't seen an update on him yet. So as we're recording on Sunday, this, this took place last night. So I'm not really sure how, how you know, how that's going to bounce back. But in this, this has been a bad second period for the Caps. Um, Kemper got a, took a puck to the head uh, and then a elbow to the head, or I mean, I'm sorry, an elbow to the head uh, during a, a save by Toffoli. And he ended up leaving too. So Charlie Lindgren had to go in in relief. The wheels in the second officially came off the bus, leading us into the third where the Caps had some chances again. You know, you look at these games and the Caps don't seem completely out of it. They seem to be playing like, you know, somewhat less or a little nonchalant than they should be. Uh, But, you know, when you when you have these type of situations, you'd like to see that sense of urgency, really the fire brightly burning under their ass. And I don't think we saw that this game. Also, Vladar continued to shut the caps down. With six minutes left, the Flames just blow it open with a nice chip pass uh, into the caps zone, resulting in a Razisha breakaway goal. Um, it was a, a really good play, heads up play by the by the D there, and an excellent pass into the zone. Um, over everybody's head. <clears throat> then uh, Marcus Johansson got stuffed and the Flames marched down and buried another one less than a minute later. So at this point, it was just a, a clusterfuck. And following it, the Caps didn't do themselves any favor by committing two penalties. Uh, then finally, the, and then the, the Flames took another one and took a penalty as well. So it ended up being like four and four for a while where we pulled the goalie. And it was five on four. JC ends up cashing in, um, but the Flames scored an empty netter. So the Caps really just had 
I, th- I would say the, the, the whole theme around this week was the Caps couldn't finish and they weren't getting the bulk shots that they needed to give themselves that opportunity. You know, it's a mix of injuries being snake bitten, but there's something, I mean, I think there's probably a little bit more in the locker room. Um, I think that there probably should have been a players only meeting at one point, but I feel like it's, you know, either Backstrom maybe being out of the lineup and Wilson, you know, didn't pull that chain. Um, and it's, again, it is early. So they're, they're still thinking like they can get it together and, and they should. I don't, believe that the Caps are, are playing completely terrible throughout the past two weeks, really. They weren't playing, you know, world-beating style, but they were they were hanging in there. They just need to realize that with the depleted lineup and the lack of skill in the lineup, um, you're not able to get outshot or, you know, even have even chances with a team of high caliber and manage to win often. Uh, you need bulk chances. And I think that that's what coaching is going for right now. Laviolette and his staff are likely telling, and I said this last week, and this is, you know, something that is logical, right? You have to think about this. You don't have the talent to be doing the nice finesse plays. Let's pile on the shots and clean up some greasy goals. I didn't think the Caps did a great job of getting to the net on rebounds. Um, I thought they got pushed around and, and really were not penetrating the middle. When they did penetrate the middle, they either missed or, or didn't have enough of those chances or they, they, they got the, the shot blocked or you know, the goalie came up with a good save. You either need to have double the amount of chances or you need to start finishing the ones that you have. I think that finishing the ones that you have is out of the question right now with this lineup. So doubling the amount of chances, getting those greasy goals is something that the coaching staff is clearly pushing for. The boys just need to figure it out and get it done. I really think they want to muck it up, uh, get mass shots and greasy goals. So that's something that the Washington Capitals haven't loved. That's not their style. They haven't loved playing that in the past. I think we've seen that type of lack of, you know, wanting to crash the net and get those greasy goals in the playoffs and when it really counted. Um, and, and when everybody is elevating their game, you know, that was sometimes a differentiating negative factor for the Washington Capitals. So hopefully they can, they, they what they need to do is really just something needs to click where they just need to start getting dirty and, and getting into the, the tough zones, if you will, is what they call um, the the hard areas of the ice and bang home a sloppy goal on a rebound. Um, <clears throat> right now, the Caps are about four points, I think, out of a playoff spot. There is still hope, Caps fans. Don't worry. Um, too much, at least. <laughs> there's they the caps need to find some consistency and i really think that they're where they're going to find that is in the stuff that takes not a lot of talent to do winning board battles crashing the net putting the puck on the net uh for a rebound chance not so much setting up the perfect play and burying on the power play yeah let's 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 sling it around let's whip it around a little bit let's get buzzing let's show the finesse there on the special teams um, but I, you know, I don't think it's like we're, uh, bleeding high quality chances. We're not doing that. Um, you know, of course 
good teams are going to find those good chances against us. But at the same time, we need to be putting more shots on their net, on the opposition's net, and cleaning up rebounds. Next week's games, we've got Monday the 5th at Edmonton at 8.30. It's the 5th out of the 6th road game. And then the final road game is Wednesday the 7th at Philadelphia. So look, <clears throat> Edmonton's a top-heavy team. We've done a good job in the past uh, shutting down McDavid and Dreisaitl. Let's hope that continues. We're going to need strong goaltending. Hopefully, Faviari and, and Kemper are both back in the lineup. Who knows, though? Um, with those two out, that's going to be a tough proposition for sure. Just furthering the woes of the Washington Capitals injuries. And in Philadelphia, man, I mean, we that's that should be a scheduled win. I hate to say it, that term, but that should be a win as well. Um, and then Seattle comes to D.C. on Friday. The Caps return home. And we'll get to see what Seattle can do on the road. Currently, they are on a bit of a heater. So let's see what what happens. Maybe they have a a pretty shitty week and things start to turn down for them. That would be really timely and and convenient for the Washington Capitals. I've been saying the Caps are going to go 3-0 for the past two weeks. And it has just been blowing up in my face. Going the opposite way. Caps are not going to win any of these games. And they're just going to dig the hole further. A little reverse karma. No wins this week, uh, especially if Favriari and Kemper are out. Um, it's just, I'm being negative Nancy, it's over this week. Just just mail it in. Tune in on Thursday. We will be covering, our, we'll do our quarter season review with Stat Guy Blake. He's always a beauty. Great pleasure to have on the podcast. We're going to be talking about um, you know everything the Caps have been doing. And what we think, you know, we'll give them a grade for this many games, 26 games in, and then uh, what they're going to do at the deadline and what's going to get them into the playoffs. So thanks for tuning in on, on this episode. Hope to see you on Thursday and have a great week. Until then, Hockey Troll signing out. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.